This is Money Talk. Uh, this is James Ross. It's eight minutes to nine. And now we're crossing to Washington, D.C. to speak to uh, RTHK's international economics correspondent, uh, Barry Wood, for his view from the U.S. Uh, good morning. Good evening, uh, Barry. How are you? Very well. Good morning to you, James. Uh, once again, nice to have you back on the show uh, to give us some insight into some of the things uh, happening across the U.S. And one company name that we've been hearing quite a lot about over the last uh, few weeks and months is WeWork. Um, this is a company which at one point was uh, valued at uh, 40-something billion dollars and now uh, less than a billion. Uh, what's the story yeah. here? Well, you know, what happened with WeWork? Why did it go so disastrously wrong, Barry? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's quite an important story, James. Look, WeWork, this idea of flexible office space that freelance people could simply go to a WeWork office in major cities, and they've been in 30 countries, mm. you know, with 700 different locations, started in 2010. So they've been at this for 13 years. You could go in there and do your work. I mean, it's a great concept. You pay a fee. You rent the desk, you get a telephone, you have your laptop, you may have some perks. WeWork was famous for having free beer on Friday afternoons. <laughs> right. It all went wrong, really, because, first of all, the founder, one of the co-founders, a fellow by the name of Adam Newman, he just took too much money for himself, and he got wrapped up in close to what might have been called fraud. And he, uh, he, had to, he was forced out in 2019. And then, of course, you had the pandemic. The pandemic really changed the way that people were working. So a lot of people could work from home or their apartment. They didn't need to go into the city, wherever that was, that was Tokyo, Paris, London, New York, San Francisco, wherever, because you could work from home. Right. So that hurts. And then you had this whole phenomenon of commercial real estate sort of collapsing in price. And here was WeWork with these vast array of leases on long-term basis, mm. and they simply couldn't pay. Then comes Mashiyoshi Son and the whole you know, soft bank from Japan investing mm. money to keep this going, and it didn't work. So here they are now in Chapter 11. They say they're going to stay in business, but we shall see. There are competitors. It's a great idea because things are sort of coming back, but commercial real estate in lots of cities with very high vacancy rates in London, New York, San Francisco. So it's, it's an unknown, but, you know, as I was talking with someone the other day, it's a great idea. Mm. It just fell apart because of the pandemic and the work from home. Yeah, bad set of circumstances, I guess. And uh, I guess, yes, we're going to see a lot of uh, downsizing uh, at WeWork. Uh, turning to a, another story, which we've not heard a huge amount in the last 48 hours about uh, from the US, and that is uh, these uh, elections. Tell us a bit more about the uh, elections, uh, Barry. And what, you know, what, what are they trying to achieve with these particular elections and uh, what happened? Well, look, I think the long and short is that uh, in a federal system like exists in the United States, the various states can set their election dates as they like. Mm. You do have the provision that presidential elections are every four years. But take the state of Virginia, very right next door to where I am in Washington, D.C. They have their elections for governor and their state legislature in the off years. 
and Glenn Youngkin, who sort of cruised in to become the governor of Virginia a couple years back. He's a private equity man from Washington, D.C. He won on the school issue that they were doing all this kind of woke notification of students being taught things that the parents weren't informed about, and he won the governor's race. Well, he wanted to now get control of both houses of the legislature. He's a Republican. Mm. He lost, and that was a shock. He lost both houses. He, of course, remains as governor. That's one. Two, Ohio. It was abortion. They proposed a state constitution amendment that would essentially legalize abortion until the very end of a pregnancy. And the Republicans were anti-abortion. They wanted more restrictions. They lost. Women want abortion rights. It's pretty clear. And then number three, Kentucky, which is just south of the Ohio River, sort of a border state going back 100 years to the Civil War days. It's typically been democratic. It has a very progressive but also effective governor. He was running for re-election, and he won. He's a Democrat. Right. So the Republicans were wiped out. So why is that? Why, why did that happen, do you think? I think the Republicans are just on the wrong side of too many issues. With abortion, it's a big deal. It doesn't seem to matter if a woman and a lot of men are Republican or Democrat. They want abortion rights. And, you know, we have the overturning of the Roe versus Wade, which essentially put the whole abortion issue back to the states. So the Republicans are on the wrong side of that. That's number one. Number two, I think a lot of people say, yeah, Donald Trump may be the top candidates because he's ahead in all the polls and maybe he's going to get the nomination, but he's probably going to be in jail. And they don't think he can be elected. So I think the Republicans are in for a lot of soul searching. And as listeners know, we're only one year out from our presidential election. And just very quickly, I mean, Trump does seem to be the leading contender uh, to be uh, the uh, opposition to uh, Biden, doesn't he? Isn't it amazing? It really is. And, you know, as you and I are speaking now, in just a few minutes, five Republican challengers to Donald Trump are in Miami for a debate. The third of their debates, a couple of the lesser candidates are no longer there. But Donald Trump, who's been (laughs) fighting for his business up in New York City, he's down in a suburb of Miami, Hialeah, mostly Spanish speaking. And he's going to upstage those five rivals by having his own rally. But he's not participating in the debate. Well, let's see. It's a pretty crazy financial or I should say political event that's going on. Well, as ever, U.S. politics uh, uh, continues to surprise us. Barry Wood is RTHK's international economics correspondent in Washington, D.C. Thank you, Barry.